Hello, and welcome to Decarbonize, the clean energy podcast from Fresh Energy. My name is Joe Olson. I'm the Senior Director of Communications and Engagement at Fresh Energy. Fresh Energy is a Minnesota-based nonprofit working to speed our state's transition to a clean energy economy. Now, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we usually bring our listeners conversations with Fresh Energy policy staff, and those conversations run the gamut from things like explainers about the grid to deep dives into complex energy policies. But today, in celebration of Earth Day coming up on the horizon, we're going to mix it up. Today, I am joined by Eric Posse to talk about music. That's right. We're going to talk about music today. Now, Eric Posse is a board member at Fresh Energy, but he actually wears a ton of hats. Father, solar developer, author, musician. I'm sure I'm missing a few, Eric, but welcome and thank you for being here. Thanks, Joe, for having me. I am very excited to join your listenership here this month to talk a little bit more about my projects and my uh, side gig as a musician. Well, we are over the moon to have you. And the reason you wear so many hats is because you are so passionate about climate change, which brings us to your new album, Palm Psalm, which say that five times fast, Palms Psalm. Uh, and we're going to talk about that today. And listeners, just so you know, this album and Eric has more than 8,000 monthly listeners on Spotify alone. And one note before we dive into the music, for our sensitive listeners and folks who might have kiddos with them, there are some explicit words in a few of the songs that we are going to be listening today. So, um, if you're with sensitive folks or if you're sensitive yourself, uh, I would hit pause and uh, maybe set this podcast aside for the day. Okay, so now, Eric, you have described Palm Psalm as a reflection on climate-fueled annihilation through the lens of your father's Polynesian culture. Can you say more about this? And I believe you visited Tonga, too. Is that right? Yes, back uh, a handful of years ago. My dad was an immigrant from Tonga, which is, for the listeners out there unfamiliar, a small island nation in the South Pacific. My parents met on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii. Um, there's a BYU campus there that not, not many people know about, um, but they were both going to school as young adults and uh, at the college campus there and split up shortly after I was born. Um, and, and I was born on the North Shore of, of Oahu. And raised by my mom and the Caucasian side of my family. And so I wasn't um, really until after high school that I reconnected with my dad and learned more about the Tongan culture. So I'm, I was once at a, a, a place in my life where um, I didn't really know anything that much about Polynesia, but have since uh, my adult life learned so much about, about it um, to the point uh, also in 2014, I mentioned that I spent time in Tonga and learned more about where my father came from specifically and learned about how vulnerable much of Polynesia is to climate devastation. And it energized me to continue to push for more equitable solutions. And so my father's from an island called Nuku'alofa, which is where, uh, or Tonga Tapu, which is where Nuku'alofa is located. That's the capital city. And um, I started reading books and learning more um, about how people 
how and why people got on boats and traveled thousands of miles seemingly in uh, the dark with really no direction and how they learned the navigation system uh, to make sure that they arrived at their destinations safely. And when I arrived, it was really interesting because I'd never, uh, I'd never really been to a place like Tonga. If, if you can imagine, it's a, um, it's really been uh, untouched by, by I would say, Western development. And um, so I landed, and there was immediately like an eight magnitude earthquake there. And if I didn't feel out of place before that, I definitely did after that. And wow. um, I met, you know, it was, it was so fun. I met like an uncle I'd never met before. Uh, I hadn't met before cousins, first cousins I'd never met before. And it really, um, it really connected me to that place, which as mentioned is in the, it's at severe uh, risk for climate, uh, climate devastation being only uh, less than you know, 10 feet above sea level um, for most of the island. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, that really, uh, I, I put music on the shelf shortly thereafter my dad passed in 2015 and started to focus on climate solutions and specifically solar. And um, it wasn't until about two years ago that I, I re- uh, I went back to some of the things that he'd left for me, including a lot of old uh, Polynesian music. And one thing about my dad that, that uh, I always appreciated is that he, for his, his adult life, um, ran uh, the Luau show, night show at the Polynesian Cultural Center. So every time I go out there, I would see all of these different dances and, and, and tried the food and, and, and got to know uh very very well that 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 show and um he left me uh, uh vinyl recordings from both that and then old uh polynesian canoe chants and every and all these other things that i decided to pull together into this this new concept album uh that that is otuhaka and so um, yeah, it just released it uh, a, a month ago and happy to share more about it with, with the listeners. Thank you so much. And I think having that background is going to make the listening experience even, even better, um, just knowing some of the history. And I think one of the things that is especially poignant about today, the day that we're recording this podcast, March 20th, is that the IPCC or the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change delivered its scientific final warning on the climate emergency in the form of its final summary of its latest appraisal of global climate science. So the IPCC, probably all of our listeners are aware of this, but they are warning that the world only has a few years in which to achieve a profound shift in a global low carbon economy or face the cat catastrophe from extreme weather, which includes rising sea levels, which has a huge impact on island nations. So I'm going to be thinking about that as well as what you said as we listen to our first song, which actually is the album's opening song, and it's called Tide.
Eric, tell us about this song, Tide, and why you chose to put it first on the album, which, by the way, uh, for folks listening, the album name is Otuhaka. It was important for me to set the tone and the stage for the fir- with the first song. And much of my music samples, old canoe chants and other music that was handed down by my dad. And his name was Siausi Amalani Pasi. Um, again, it was an immigrant from Tonga. And during the interlude parts, you can hear some of these ambient sounds. And that's from the luau that he ran um, uh, most of his life. Wow. Uh, a recording from that um, from the late 70s. And then the earlier uh, samples that you hear are an ancient canoe chant. And what I learned about some of these canoe chants is that the meaning of the words has been lost through time. Mm. And it's only the sounds of those words that have remained. And I thought that there was something kind of tragically beautiful about that. Um, just the, the love of, of, or the, you know, of traveling across the sea and, and, and um, these, these stories essentially being passed down that I didn't want to lose that about my dad. Um, and so that uh, first song um, does give a glimpse into some of the other samples that are kind of sprinkled throughout uh, the rest of the album. I love that. Thank you. So now we've talked a little bit about the inspiration for your music, um, but there's actually a lot like logistically that goes into making an album. You don't just like sit down and do it. Can you, I mean, maybe, maybe you do, maybe that was your process. Um, But can you tell us a little bit about the technical and artistic elements that went in, into creating Otuhaka? Um, I know it's your vocals, but is it also you on the guitar? Did you mix the songs yourself? Do you have like a whole collection of guitar pedals and synthesizers at home? Like, how did this go? Yeah, I used to play music in several Minneapolis-based bands, kind of in the teens. Um, of, uh, uh, and and there, I, I uh, obviously had bandmates. I play guitar, I play keys, and I sang for most of those groups. Um, but my friend, Jeff Markovitz, who is the drummer in a band called Hunting Club, um, I approached him kind of late 2021 to talk about doing this project. And he's also a producer. I used to run the sound gallery and worked at Terrarium and some of the other uh, studios in town, but had just finished his own home studio. And I, uh, back right around when my dad passed away, had been playing music and just recording it on like the voice voices uh voicemail app or or some of the uh, voice recording apps uh, that you just get stock on your on your iphone mm-hmm. and started to flesh those out like once i dug into the music and so a couple of interesting aspects about like the technical side of it was that the um i only used old these old vinyl pressings that i found that i found that from my dad we had access to uh, and recorded the kind of the A side and the B side of these vinyl pressings and took those, marked each of the air, these spots on the recording 
uh, where we wanted to retrieve the samples. And from there, we actually sped things up or slowed them down or transposed in some cases uh, the key in which some of these tracks were being, uh, uh, in which they were recorded. And for the most part, I tried to stick to the fidelity of what was recorded and not try to do a lot of the of of that messing sure. around on the back end. Um, but it was very time intensive. Um, but it was really fun because you got to dig into the minutia of like each of these like small little parts and just in honing in on things that you might just gloss over on a casual listen. Um, to the point where uh, you know we've we used well you know, dozens and dozens of samples um, throughout throughout the album. And it was really, it was really fun. Well, and I'm, I found myself, you know, wondering, you know, your, your dad had these, this trove of records and some of them, you know, couldn't, it's not like they were massive runs of records. Some of them might've been, you know, not many copies still floating around in the world. So I thought that was pretty special too. So next, I think I want to play my favorite of those with the samples. And that song is called Homao Fanao. everyone that was Hamao Fanao and Eric so quite a few of these songs as we've discussed sample old Polynesian recordings some of which came from your dad's collection of records um you talked a little bit about this element of the album but is there anything else that we should know about the sampling process and the Polynesian music integration anything you want to add before uh, we move on to the next song. Yeah, this one was a little bit tricky because we used the entire recording. And as you can hear, it speeds up significantly. And so when Jeff and I were trying to you know, put drums and guitar and bass and everything to the song, it was like we really had to get into the feeling of, of it. Yeah. And uh, couldn't rely on any tricks or, you know, 
traditional, I guess I would call it like modern recording techniques and just really, really just sit inside of, of what was recorded. And um, we also had to really tweak because the claps and some of, and this was in, uh, this happened throughout the process where like some elements like the claps in this particular song were a lot louder. And so we tried to EQ and we tried to do some different techniques to attenuate uh, mm. some of those things that did stand out. And uh, we tried to do our best and that was, that was the result. I loved it. I really loved it. Okay. So I think, so I was interviewing you a couple, like a month ago um, for a donor profile for Fresh Energy's website. And that was, um, I knew about your music before that, but we talked a little bit about your music then. And I think at that time you described it as surf pop. Um, and so I want to play for our listeners, the song that to me as a listener as well, uh, that I thought most embodied that surf pop vibe. And the song is called DGAF. Okay, Eric, will you talk to us about the song we just listened to called DGAF? Yes. Uh, so this song is a straightforward, I would call it a pop song that just, it's giving commentary on the fact that even though people and our planet is dying, nobody really gives a fuck. 
And I think about the, the, the climate crisis in a way that is very visceral um, because, because of what is at stake, um, not just you know Polynesian culture, my dad's culture, it's everything. And I think about it too, in a way that a lot of folks will look to the future and what, um, what this means for uh, the next generation. But I also think about it like it affects all of the generations that have come pre before us and what everybody, all of our ancestors have fought so hard to get us to this moment today. And for us to fail them, it's just not, it's not an option for me. And that is the, you know, if that induces profanity and um, challenges us in different ways, I think that's good. And for me, it's cathartic to think about like, um, uh, uh, it's cathartic for me to think about making people uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable and we, we all need to be more uncomfortable with what's happening mm. uh, today. So um, in terms of the song itself, uh, you'll hear like these uh, different elements uh, kind of coming in at the, at the front end of the song. And those were older samples uh, from, from vinyl. But what I will say is that when I, when I started to think about like the, the part, the, the chorus part or the pre-chorus of like getting in and saying, actually saying uh, no one gives a fuck was uh, I actually incorporated um, sounds from um, actually a modern haka dance. And for some of your listeners may know what a haka is, but it's a Maori tradition where people um, it's usually led by one or more um, uh it's a, it's a dance and people, and it's basically, most people would remember it by people just yelling and screaming and being really intimidated. Mm. Um, and so I grabbed one, a dance uh, that was done in Northern, uh, in North, North, uh, North Shore of Oahu uh, from YouTube. And so I ripped that and then I added it in as just an emphasis, a further emphasis on that part of the chorus, but it's, uh, a song that I really, I really like, but it's also a song that, you know, kids are in the car. Uh, I do have a clean version. So. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Well, I think too, like the juxtaposition of the, what you would traditionally think of as light hearted surf pop against mm -hmm. the message is just so interesting to me. And I think really it makes the song so meaningful. Um, well, I was thinking, Eric, we could listen to Erosion next. So let's do that.
Okay, Eric. So this song, Erosion, especially makes me think about some of the climate activism that I know you've been involved in. So you were at the UN's annual climate summit in 2022 in Egypt, where you debuted a song. Um, You've also been advocating at the state level in Minnesota and at the federal level for clean energy and climate policy improvements. Uh, And for me, I hear all of those things and so much more wrapped up into this song. So can you tell me what this song means to you? I get so frustrated by the argue, these arguments and uh, of both sidesism, right? Like you can't have one side, at least in our culture, we need to hear from both sides. And that's derailed action on climate for, for decades. Um, and it's, you know, fueled by misinformation from parties that have financial interests. And we, we've seen it, you know, related to tobacco, we've seen it related to everything, um, where, where money and power are concentrated. Um, we can create, uh, the paralysis essentially by, um, the public feeling that there's, you know, two sides to every, to, to every argument. And that may be true, but not in this, not in, in the case of climate science. And this song um, is an acceptance, you know, that it's, that nothing will stop money and power from destroying the planet. Um, even though, you know, I fight for it every day, uh, you know, I have moments of, of despair and I have moments of that I, it feels hard to continue because the what's in front of us is so uh the challenge is is so mountainous and it it feels insurmountable so that was uh where i was coming from with this song thank you and i know that sharing these stories and your feelings through music has been really important for you especially as we work toward as a, as a, as a globe toward a future that includes Tonga and nations like it. Um, can you tell us how you're working to raise awareness through your music? Because like I said, you think debuted a video at COP, you were involved in a festival recently in the Twin Cities, I think in January. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us how you're raising awareness through, through your music. Yeah, I, uh, you mentioned the um, the festival that I was just a part of, which was uh, the Great Northern Festival, and um, I was just so uh, elated to be a part of it, um, given the focus on climate um, as a kind of a pillar of, of of the festival, and it also includes other winter events that we don't want to lose in, in a, in a future that, that could be, um, maligned by, you know, a heating global, uh, environment. And that includes like the Lopet and it includes, uh, the winter carnival and, and other outdoor events that we're, that we've all come to treasure as, uh, as Minnesotans. And, um, and so I was so happy to, that, uh, the, the album release party, uh, was a part of it. it was at Ice House. Um, I actually, my sister flew in uh, from Utah 
to dance um, as part of the as part of the show, and just um, and I'm going to be including more and more um, Polynesian uh, artists and specifically vi uh, visual uh, artists and 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 dancers within um, future shows. Uh, including um, my cousin, who's joining me for uh, a show upcoming, which we'll maybe which we'll maybe talk about. Um, who uh, second cousin who lives here and uh, shares a lot of the same experiences. But what I wanted to do with the festival show is to raise money for um, the Climate Action Network, uh, International Climate A Action Network, and the one that's specific to uh, the Pacific Islands. And so we ended up raising about $2,000 um, through that process. And this has been, um, it's a mission of mine to, uh, to share uh, and raise awareness and, and share resources with, with the folks of Polynesia um, through, through this art. And that is going to be a, a continuing uh, mainstay at a lot of my live shows is, is to, to be uh, very forward about about uh, philanthropy and charity uh, related to um, increasing re resiliency, essentially, in in uh, Polynesia. Absolutely, that makes so much sense. And I was just thinking, you know, as you talk about adding different Polynesian cultural elements to your events, you know, I I know your your dad is no longer with us, but thinking of how you're taking his, his legacy, you know, what he did and, you know, his life and background and you're building on that legacy with your own, uh, you know, musical legacy and climate activism and climate philanthropy. It's just, it's just really cool. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, I bet your dad couldn't even imagine that you would be performing like he did. I think that's mm -hmm. really neat. So yeah. I think, do you, do you want to add anything there? Or should we talk about it? Oh, our... I was just saying, uh, or I was just going to say that we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. That's a phrase that we've all heard. And, and, and again, it brings us to, to the importance of, of, of our ancestors and respecting uh, what they have given us um, and knowing that, that we're protecting their memory by protecting the planet. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's so important. Well, so I'm going to, I think we're gearing up to kind of close out the podcast today. And I have a song that I want to close with, but first, Eric, I think I would be remiss if we didn't talk about where listeners can hear you live, especially now as we're talking about music and dancing and visual yeah. arts as all part of your events. So I think you have a few live gigs coming up in Minnesota this spring. Is there anything you have locked in that we can share with our mm -hmm. listeners? Yes, I do. Um, actually, on Earth Day, Saturday the 22nd, I have a solo show at the Solar Arts Building. Fitting, right? Um, yeah. For uh, somebody like me. And so I'll play uh, in the mid-afternoon, uh, early afternoon there. That it's a, a, a sustainability-related event, uh, again, on April 22nd, the Saturday. I also have a show upcoming for Art of World at Prize Brewery on Saturday, the 20, 20th okay. um, of May. And that'll be a, a ton of fun. Um, a lot of uh, surprises uh, for, for that show. 
In July, I'm playing um, at Bauhaus Brewery on July 15th, which is a Saturday. Uh, And then again on July 27th. Um, And that is in Lower Town uh, for Lower Town Sound uh, outdoor show uh, as well um, uh, at Mears Park. Um, And all of that information about upcoming shows and more can be uh, found at palmsalm.com. And I will make sure to put that URL in the podcast description. Um, And I do want to warn folks, I'm pretty sure, am I remembering correctly that your Ice House show from a couple months ago actually sold out? Yes. So, so don't just think about going if you're interested, the folks listening, like get your actual tickets because the odds of Eric continuing to sell out are actually pretty, pretty high. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm a pretty, uh, usually pretty modest person, but um, yes, yeah, thank you for that plug. <laughs> well, and if you can't make it to a live show um, and you just love the music and what we've heard today, you can stream this album on Spotify and on Apple Music and basically anywhere that you can stream music these days. Um, but also, if you want to stay up to date on Fresh Energy's work, head to our website at fresh-energy.org or follow us on social media. And uh, it is on that website, fresh-energy.org, that you can make a gift to support Fresh Energy's work. Just click the donate button in the upper right corner. Aside, of course, from going to one of Eric's gigs, I think a donation to Fresh Energy is a pretty good way to celebrate Earth Day. Um, Okay, so Eric, for our last song, I was thinking we could close out with Oterra Millionaire's Curse because first, it is a song with really big sound, um, but also it kind of disintegrates as it progresses, which I really, really loved. So before I hit play, is there anything that you want to say about this song? Yes. For your listeners, not many people know the most successful Polynesian musical artist of all time. Do you happen to know, Joe? You might know because I told you already. But, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but the most uh, the most successful Polynesian musical artist of all times uh, is a group called OMC. And uh, that stands for Oterra Millionaires Club. And it's best known for their hit, How Bizarre. Um, very popular. Uh, yeah, very popular. Formed by Maori brothers, uh, Polly and Phil Poimana. And they, uh, I, I don't know how I stumbled on this, but they, um, uh, I, I did a little bit of research, like, what are they up to now? Um, and I learned that they died, both, uh, both brothers died tragically um, of unrelated health issues at 40 and 41. And uh, as a wise and, and old millennial, um, <laughs> You know, I'm getting, uh, uh, I'm not, you know, not there yet, but uh, it's, uh, it really was, uh, I don't know, it just brought it home uh, for me that life, nothing's guaranteed, life is short, have fun, do what you love. Um, And uh, there was an article about uh, the Fuimana brothers and Polly's widow uh, actually referred to like their misfortunes and the song How Bizarre as the Oterra Millionaire's Curse. And so I just loved that title and what it meant. Um, And this is the resulting 
music. All right, let's play it. <laughs> 